Quick question for you. Are you a Federal Access member yet? If you're a government contractor, you need a Federal Access account. You can get started today with a free membership. Just visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Free members get access to about 20 documents and templates as well as our video training playbooks. More importantly, this gets you in the RSM Federal ecosystem and makes you part of our community. So go grab your free account today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Russ, we're going to be talking today in this episode about fulfilling your promises through the chapter that you wrote in the uh, Becoming a GovCon Expert book. And this is really centered around product development for the purpose of doing business with the government. Why don't you give everybody a quick overview of what that chapter is about? At a point when you have decided who you are and what you're good at and you get in touch with your value, you have something marketable. But in many cases, we don't know how to take that value and package it in a way that people can pay us for that value because value is intangible. You know, solutions are conceptual and you just can't really sell them in that form. So there comes a time when you have to figure out how am I going to communicate what I do in such a way that people are going to pay me? And that's the perspective I take on product development. There's further on down the line when you're actually creating the widget, but we're going to start from the strategic perspective of product development and what exactly does that mean? And that's where I get started in this chapter. How do you approach this idea of product development from the perspective of who you are and what you're good at? Yeah, I I like we tie that to government contracting. Yeah, I, I like that. And so I hopefully won't steal any thunder here, but I love where you started this chapter with identifying the problem. I think too many people identify the product they want to create and then try to figure out how to force it into the market. It's like, hey, I want to create a square peg and I don't care what the holes are out there. I'm going to force my square peg into everything. <laughs> Like exactly, that's where most people are. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about identifying the problem? That's where everything starts. No one cares about your solution. No one cares about the product that you created. What they care about is they care about this painful, urgent problem that they have. And they want someone who can come in and help to relieve the pain. So they're looking for pain relief. When you start from a product perspective, you're really saying, I have this problem and this is how I think I'm going to fix the problem for myself. And then when you've successfully done that, you go, oh, there may be some other people out there and I'm going to sell this to them. In some cases, you may find out that there are just not a whole lot of other people because that was a problem unique to you. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, turning this around, you know what you're good at and you know where your value lies. And there are problems that you can solve based on who you are. And if we take it back to me, I'm good at strategy and organization. That's what I love to do. I want to look out there and see, are there people who are struggling and suffering because they don't have the same 
talent and skills that I have so that I can then match what I'm doing to the problems that exist external to me. And that's just such a really huge challenge. When we work with business owners, and I I do both one-on-one work as well as workshop work, one of the biggest challenges we have is we'll say to the business owner, so what problem are you solving? And they'll say, well, I can't get people to understand what I do. And the problem is always coming back to themselves and what it is that they are struggling with. And I said, well, nobody's going to pay you to solve your own problems. They're going to pay you to solve theirs. So it starts with identifying and understanding what the problems are. What I understood and identified was that there are small business owners who are struggling to generate the revenue that they're looking to generate. They don't know how to get there. I understood that if I can help them look at this through a lens of strategy, where how do you get from where you are to where you want to be? How do you connect the dots? These are things that I just revel in. And so then I put together a program and this is where the product development piece comes in. I put together a program that would enable me to communicate to them how they can solve their problem. The product is really made up of three components. It's a solution, and then it's a package, and then it's a price. The solution is you've explained to me your problem. And that's really where it starts because if you try to tell someone else what their problem is, and you try to tell them that you understand their problem better than they understand their problem, Mm -hmm. you're already in trouble. You're just going to piss them off because they're going to be like, well, you're not listening to me. You don't know what my problem is. And so the conversation and that sort of sales process gets stuck. But when you listen to their problem, and you hear them out, then the next logical step for them is, wow, you really understand what I'm struggling with. How can you help? What they do want to hear from you is, what is your range of solutions? And that's where the packaging comes in. What are the deliverables that you create that meet the need that they have and help them to get to where they want to be? And then, of course, you get into the price conversation. So again, just product is made up of those three components, your solution, your package, and your price. That's really powerful. And I think they're product-based people on here who have a widget that solves a basic problem like a power strip you need mm-hmm. to be able to plug more things into one plug and you want you know surge protection and that kind of stuff it's a power strip you know it's a very simple product and there are people that sell thousands if not millions of products like that then there are people who sell what i would consider like software products and different mm-hmm. things like that you know like microsoft word it's a product it does certain things yep. and then there's mm-hmm. you know solution type of products if mm-hmm. you will and then you get mm-hmm. into the service side and i think regardless of if you're listening to this, regardless of where you are on the spectrum of product, services, all that kind of thing, you don't necessarily have to dismantle what you have and start over if you're struggling with the stuff that we're talking about here. But you can start from the foundation of, well, what's the problem? What is the problem? Why would somebody buy a power strip? What are they really struggling with? And then work your way through this filter here of the pricing and the presenting the package and all that, because that gets into your marketing. You know, how are you marketing the solution of of a power strip? Are you exactly. just marketing it as, hey, extend your plug from two outlets to six? Does that solve the problem? Probably mm. not. Maybe. Yep. I don't know. But just using that simple thought process of looking at the solutions you have today, because again, a lot of people listening to this already have their stuff set. If you're in that position, that doesn't mean turn off or skip this podcast. It means if you're struggling with selling it or you want to excel with selling it, go through these steps. That's a great point. 
because you never really have to stop and start all over again in anything that you do. You may not have taken the time in the very beginning to see what problem you're solving, but you went into that business or you decided to sell that product or that item for a reason. You just didn't take the time to have the reflection on what problem is solving. Now, all you have to do is take a look at that widget and say, I'm selling this because there were a ton of other people who were successfully selling this on a large scale and they were making a bunch of money. So that's why I decided to sell it. Okay, great. Perfect. Now you just shift your mentality and your perspective a little bit and say, okay, somebody created this and they entered it into the marketplace. It's effective because people are buying it. Why are people buying it? And now you begin to take a look at what problem is it solving? So when you talk about a power strip, I know that I put my TV in my living room and next to the TV is the speaker set that I have. And then I want to plug in my laptop next to that because I want to do some connections with that. But in the wall, there are only two outlets and I can't wire up all that stuff with two outlets. You know, we don't have the VCRs anymore, CB, but we, you know, all of these accessories. So in order for me to be able to plug in all the things I need to plug in, I need more outlets. And of course, now there's a capacity on that. So if I plug too many things into a particular outlet, I may just blow the fuse. So you get this power strip that has its own fuse so that I don't blow the fuse on the house if there's any type of an overload or a surge. And now all of these things come into play in terms of how you have conversations with the potential customer. You can now begin to talk from the perspective of, you know, you want to have all of these electronics, you know. So for me, for example, in my office, I have three computers and then I have two lamps and then I have my headsets and and all these things that need to be plugged in. Where am I going to plug them in? You just then go back and look at the problem. And I have something that I call the pain game. And it's not here in this particular chapter, but when you look around your house, you look around your room, you look at where you are, everything you look at was created because someone needed a solution to a problem. And the pain game is to look at these things and say, what is the problem that existed that caused someone to create this item to solve that problem? And it's a fun game to play. And and when I drive, I play that game. You know, I look at the street lights, the traffic lights and go, what was the problem that caused someone to decide to build a traffic light? What was the problem that caused people to decide to put lines on the roadway? What was the problem that made people decide to make a car? And you can just play with this. And then as you continue to play with it, you start to see opportunity because then, you know, some problems jump out to you and you say, you know what, I can do something about that. Yeah. We play that game when we look at the instructions for things a lot of times. I was putting some resin on a crack in my daughter's windshield yesterday and it Mm -hmm. said, caution, do not eat. And (laughs) like, you know, how many times has somebody actually eaten this? You know, or, or whatever. And you see that kind of stuff. There's a problem here. But this is really helpful stuff for the people yeah. just starting out. I do think it's even more helpful for those people that are established. I don't want to sound like a broken record on that, but I want to give people an example here. What do you think is happening when you see major brands like McDonald's, Wendy's, Walmart, FedEx, I could go on and on and on, mm-hmm. that start changing their brand look and feel and messaging? They're going through this process. They've gone through the process and said, yes, we have a billion customers, but we want two billion. 
And how do we do that? Well, let's take a look at our brand and our image. Our image doesn't quite communicate what we think it should. That's presenting the package. And they're like, we don't think we're presenting the package properly. And that's why we only have 1 billion instead of 2 billion people. So how do we package it? They're almost working backwards and mm -hmm. they go through and they go, well, let's change our marketing and our messaging and our branding. Now let's look at our pricing. Now let's look at the packages we've built. Okay, what have we actually created solution-wise? Again, look at McDonald's who they're constantly mm -hmm. changing what's on their menus and mm -hmm. how it's done. You know, right now they're going through these celebrity packages. Of, you can just roll up to the window and be like, hey, I want the this celebrity meal, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a package solution mm -hmm. that identifies with people who are fans of that celebrity type of thing. Yeah. And they go back to identifying the problem. And some of them go, well, we don't know that we can identify more problems with our customers, but we can identify problems with ourselves and say, we're not doing this right. They're almost reverse engineering this process because again, they've been in business for decades and they're saying, how do we reverse engineer, focus more on our customer base, expand our customer base and get this stuff done right. We're talking about major brands in the market constantly doing this. If it's relevant to them, it's absolutely relevant to you government contractor that sells power strips to the government, that sells IT solutions and cybersecurity to the government. It is absolutely relevant to you and what you're doing to walk through this frontwards and backwards on the new solutions and products you're going to put out as well as the old ones that are already in the market to figure out how do you tweak things and I know we're running out of time here but I want your opinion on this I think we oftentimes when we're struggling in our business say okay we don't know what to do so we're going to wipe the slate clean and we're going to start over yep that's just that's just so crazy to me yeah it, your, your it really is thought. and it goes back to operating from a position of strength when you start looking at problems and you're solving a particular problem, then you can do all kinds of things to address that problem. If that problem continues to exist, then you will always be able to shift and adapt and adjust. So the environment is constantly changing. Yeah. And using the example of McDonald's, the core problem they're solving is fast food that tastes reasonably good, that hits a certain price point. You know, somebody says, I'm hungry. I want to get a burger. Or I want to get something to eat. I don't really want to spend a lot of money on it, but I want it right now. Boom. Yeah. You go through the drive-in, you get your burger, you pay your price and, and you're moving on. And so that problem will always exist. And what McDonald's recognizes though, is that everyone's tastes will change in that environment. So you'll get tired of burgers. So mm -hmm. then they come out with McRib, you know, you get tired of McRib. So they come out with yeah. you no know, fish and they're continually changing and modifying their menus so that they can continue to keep the attention yeah. and hit the market. And then they're doing assessments saying, well, what's really selling well? Right now, people want fish. Right now, people want burgers, right? They're adjusting and sometimes they can look seasonally and say, seasonally, people are purchasing more of this type of food yeah, at yeah. this particular point in time. And then the challenge becomes, how do we let them know? And so they then begin to shift their marketing campaigns. They shift their presentation. They find other ways to give visibility on those particular meals that they're selling. And then they validate, you bring a celebrity in and say, hey, this is good food. And everybody who is associated with or really appreciates that celebrity then says, hey, I'll give it a try. If they say it's good, then, you know, maybe they're right. Yeah. So that really gets into the marketing. I'm going to hit a couple of steps here. There are essentially five steps that I talk about in the chapter. The first one is, you know, you identify the problem. And even if you already have a widget in there, step back and say, okay, I'm selling this, but what is the reason people are buying it? What is the problem that I'm solving or I'm helping them solve? And now you can look at that widget that you sell 
and say, well, if that's why they're buying it, if that's the problem that I'm helping them solve, then I can also sell them this thing. And I can also add that thing. And right. I can also expand into that thing. And that's where what you said about adding different products becomes part of your approach to doing things. But it's reasonable because now mm. you're aligned and you're not just grabbing things because you saw somebody else do it. It makes sense to you. And so then that's number two, which is match your solution. You identify the problem, number one. Number two, you match your solution. Number three, you package that solution in a way that people will understand what you're actually delivering to them. And then you price it appropriately. It has to be a price that works for them just as well as it works for you. And it does have to work for you because you're not going to sell things you know, at more than what you paid to have the thing yeah. made. And then the fifth one is to present the package competitively. And that's, again, where the marketing piece comes in. There are other people providing similar things. So what is the differentiator between what you're providing and what they're providing? And I'm going to say one last thing in here real quick. There's a book called Blue Ocean Strategy. And that book talks about how you find your niches and how you don't put yourself in a situation where you're competing on price, which drives everybody down the rabbit hole and nobody nice. really succeeds when you become a commodity. Yeah, Blue Ocean Strategy is great. I actually have the audio book on my desk here. It's yep, funny. It's, it's a really good one. So yeah, yeah so. just there's just not enough time to go through yes. all of the details on this. So go grab a copy of Becoming yes. a GovCon Expert if you don't already have it. It's on Amazon. What a great chapter. And it touches so many things, but it's such a great chapter on product development. And it applies, again, whether you're brand new and just getting in this market, or whether you've been in it for a hundred years, it doesn't matter. You can go through this forwards, backwards. It's such a great chapter and just time-tested stuff here. So thank you so much again for writing this chapter. And thank you for coming and talking about it today. My pleasure. And I greatly appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers. Changers.